my friends just like received me so much and to see like it modeled for me what authentic friendship was and like authentic vulnerability how it's like what it is that has hurt me or hurts me doesn't make me less than or doesn't necessarily even make me weak in a way but it was to see how god could work so much through the brokenness that people had welcome to the huntley leadership podcast helping leaders be a positive catalyst in the people they support the organizations they serve and the communities they live this podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Welcome back to the Huntley Leadership Podcast. My name is Christian Huntley, and I'll be your host today. You might recognize me. I've done a couple earlier podcasts with my dad, Ron, and we're back. And I'm so excited to have with me today Braden Johnson as our guest. Braden is a full-time speaker, a Catholic speaker, speaks in parishes to youth in schools and on retreats as well. He's been doing this full-time for a little while, and we've connected a little bit over the past few months to talk about where the hearts of our youth are at, any trends that he's seeing, and and how maybe we can we use that to to best serve our youth. And so, yeah, I, I really admire his passion um, for building the kingdom uh, and, and really interested in, in how he does what he does. So, so happy to have you on the podcast today, Braden. Welcome. How are you doing? Dude, I appreciate it, Christian. I, I always leave our conversations grateful and inspired. So, yeah, very grateful to be talking to you today. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad, man. Looking forward to it. Maybe tell everyone a little bit about your faith journey and how you got to doing what you're doing today. For sure. Yeah, I... My, my freshman year of college, I had a big conversion. And really at that place, God, had, I was so broken. And God met me there and he called me to life that I didn't even know existed. I really feel like for years, I, I was kind of in this, this pursuit trying to find fulfillment. And really, I think a lot of what fulfillment was to me at that time was like, I wanted to feel like I was worth something. I wanted to feel like there was like purpose, like really something to live for. And, uh, you know, and for years, I put like so much of my, my hope into things like sports or like social media and different things. And in some of that, I have like, kind of some relative success like i i got to make content with some famous social media influencers in high school when i was in middle school i actually played on i was told it was a, the 17th ranked team in the nation aau nationals for basketball and it's so like one of my one of the guys i played with like he was um i think he was on the phoenix suns like summer league basketball team over the summer no um and so these are even younger than that like i i did semi-professional singing and modeling and you know through a lot of that i just kept being left to the same conclusion. I was like, this just isn't it. And especially when I got into like the basketball and stuff, like that was just fully where I found my worth. And so like when basketball stopped going one high school, I I was just like, I didn't think of it this way at the time, but I think now looking back, I was just like grasping like what else could it be there? You know, and so social media was a part of that. But I remember there really being this place I got to where the most I could look forward to was just to go to some stupid party. You know, and I'd go there and sometimes it'd be like these big deal things. But I'd still be so anxious and so insecure. Um, and really the worst moments for me were those moments when I was with my own thoughts. It's because it was like in those moments, it wasn't like it was hard for me to hide. I guess it was hard for me to really um, run from my own heart. Because like within my heart, like I was I was still anxious and insecure. You know, so even in the midst of all of that, like I questioned if God existed, especially later in high school. Like I, was, I wasn't even really sure like if there was a purpose for being in this world. Well, then by the time I went to my freshman year of college, that was when I think I was 
I was maybe as hopeless as I'd ever been because at this time I really didn't even know what else to try. Um, you know, some things I tried and they just, you know, didn't go as well as I wanted to in basketball. Some things I was having some success in like social media, but then really just kind of had to quit because I was becoming so anxious. And I really feel like a lot of my story, like the way that Jesus met me, was very similar to how Jesus met the woman at the well. Mm. But Jesus had met me in my brokenness. And then he was like offering this fulfillment that I didn't know existed. Like it's like in the passage when, when like Jesus is describing the living water and the woman's like, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where even can you get this living water? But it was once she encountered Jesus and really discovered the fulfillment that can only be found in him. It was at that place. So she had such excitement. She, she ran, runs into the town. And really it's like what happened for me is so freshman year of college, September 7, 2018. I went into the adoration chapel at the church by my house. And at this point, you know, I'm not even sure if I, I, I don't even know if I'd ever really had a real encounter with Jesus, you know, at least any deep encounter. And I'm not even sure if I was, I, I guess to some degree, I wasn't as strongly questioning if God existed, but I was just so hopeless that I wasn't even thinking about that. But I, I went to the Adoration Chapel and I think what was maybe different about that time compared to maybe every other time I prayed in my life is I was really open. You know, and it was in sitting there, like I, I, I kind of sat in this silence and I allowed whatever was there to come up, all of this, this insecurity, anxiety, all this brokenness I had. I wasn't hiding it from Jesus then, but I allowed it to really be brought before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And I, I didn't have language to prayer and stuff at the time, but you know, and, and really now what me understanding how Jesus was working, one, it was like he was helping me become aware of my own heart. It was in those moments, I wasn't, it wasn't being hidden from me, but I wasn't happy with how things were. And it's funny because again, I didn't have language to prayer, but I remember there, there being this, this real peace, like peace I could identify and where this, this piece I could also was aware of where it was guiding me. And so it was really just amazing how God worked in that piece and me kind of recognizing this call to fulfillment that I don't know if I'd ever really had before. Like a fulfillment that wasn't like just kind of short term or short lived, but this like fulfillment that was meeting where I was at and like walking with me mm. in this journey. Um, so after that, a lot of how things have come about, I, uh, you know, very quickly, I so badly wanted other people to know. Really not, it was not just what God did in my life, but what it was that God wanted for each of us. And so I worked in college campus ministry for two and a half years at Wichita State University in Kansas. Um, and in that time, it really cool getting to work alongside like focus missionaries and people. I was in a, it, this wasn't the exact job title, but our equivalent to the campus minister position. Um, so, so cool really getting to be on the front lines, like dedicating time to meeting people where they're at. But then since then, so for the last, I think I got done with that about a year ago. And then I was in a mission program based out of Steubenville. Then since January, you know, discerning with my spiritual director, different people, it's made sense to continue living out my passion, offering talks. I get conferences in schools and parishes around the country. And, and now I'm actually looking to, I've actually been kind of cool with some possible opportunities that are coming up internationally. So I am yeah, so grateful for the way that God's been working in my life. And, you know, it's cool. It's like, it, I think it was like Pope John Paul II that said, like, we only like find ourselves as we give ourselves. I might be misquoting that kind of, but at least within my life. It's like, it's so cool to be able to receive from God, but then now to be able to, to give as much as I can and hopefully leading others to that same discovery and encounter that I had with God. Mm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that he brought you to that place where you, you were kind of aware of your own heart for the first time you were able to bring that before him and be vulnerable. Um, yeah. And how he, and that's, that's where he worked with you. And, and so, yeah, it's really cool that you, that sparked an entire life of, 
uh, or of ministry really and, and diving into speaking for the first time. It's been really awesome to talk to you through that and, and exciting to hear uh, what you've been learning and you've been busy, man. Maybe, maybe tell, tell us a little bit about some of the topics you're speaking into and, and what, you've, what you've been up to, some highlights maybe. Yeah, so kind of as a kind of basic understanding to what my journeys looked like with speaking, I think it was, I mean, really, I guess it was probably like six months after my conversion, I started getting opportunities locally to speak in Kansas. And then it's about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that I got my first opportunity to, to travel, like for um, travel nationally, like emceeing. And since then, there's been different, like a lot of opportunities, like the youth conference and stuff. So since January, it's made sense to be pursuing it full time. In context, you know, I mean, a lot of the dioceses and like groups I've been getting to work with have ranged all the way from like, like Florida to like Philadelphia, I think San Francisco. You know, there's been a lot of different groups within that with different age groups. And for a long time, it was mostly middle school and high school age. But now I, I even got booked recently to speak alongside like Scott Hahn and Dr. Ray Gwendy. I think I might be saying Dr. Ray's name on, but they're super close. That's like a men's conference. I'll be speaking with them at. I think the average age at it's like 55. That's like my first parish mission in the spring. So probably it's like at the, the core of a lot of the talks I get to offer. It really stems out of my passion of awakening hearts to the fulfillment that only found in God. So with, especially with younger groups, a lot of the talks have this real focus of helping to create that connection between like the life and fulfillment I'm desiring and the life that God offers. I think for a lot of young people, they have this idea that it's like, okay, what, well, you know what? And they may not even use the word fulfillment when they're processing, but it's like we see this like desire for life, like they're going to these things, like, you know, and they think that if they go like to parties or in their romantic relationship, they think like that's really what they want. And it can seem like that God's maybe trying to, like, if they were to follow the Christian life or to do what God wants, that that would be keeping them from the, like that deep fulfillment that they, that they want. But it's so much of what I've discovered is like, we may not always understand exactly what God's calling us to or what he is, but it's really like on that path, even when there's difficulty, even when there's trial and stuff, there's a fulfillment that's so much greater than anything the world can give us. So a lot of it's like those toxic young people, like really through telling stories and, and asking questions, hopefully to really awaken those longings that God wants to fulfill in them. Also with young people, there's been talks with like chastity and romantic relationships. And it, kind of in that core theme, I'd say with in chastity, you know, there's practicals and stuff I give that help people to know how to live out romantic relationships, right? To do, you know, how to be chased, like what chastity is. But it's even a theme within that is if we're not going to God for our fulfillment, then we're going to be really disappointed in some romantic, romantic relationship because that other person's not it. And I see this a lot with young people where it's like they, they settle for not good romantic relationships. I think a lot of, and maybe they don't even process it this way, but at least what's kind of seen is like they want to feel loved. They want to feel affirmed. They want to feel like they're worth something. And so they're looking for this in another person, but just in that the other person's not God, they're never going to be able to fill them. And some of them are even settling for, for really, really unhealthy, um, sometimes even like abuse kind of relationships. But a lot of it's because they don't, they don't know that there's that infinite, all powerful God right there at the door of their heart. Um, you know, in addition to that, so like there's been talks on that, like mission evangelization, um, some of that's been with youth, but especially as I'm getting into speaking with like more like adult groups, like, like adult conferences or adult parish missions, you know, there's been themes of like, like living with an anti-fragile faith and really not allowing like the world around us to be you know, possibly not just like distracting us, but drawing us away from what really matters in God. And same thing with mission kind of, I'd say like within mission, it's, you know, there's a part to it of it's like practicality, 
But a lot of it's just helping people to discover or connect with the seriousness of what our call to mission is. And I think what's hard is like a lot of people go to church on Sunday and they've probably heard from their past, like, okay, we need to be missionary disciples. Like, what does that really mean? And it's, this isn't just recruiting for like a Greek-like thing or something. And this is, you know, and that can be fun and stuff for people. But this is like, I mean, in a way, it's like we're living with like in a spiritual battleground and there's people suffering, there's people dying. You know, and every one of us is suffering, but the worst thing is to be suffering. It's not know where to place our hope. And so a lot of what we get to do in evangelization and mission, and this is a big focus of those talks, is, you know, it's like we're helping people to discover that where life can really be found, like where healing can be found. You see, there's been a mix of a lot of it. I'd say all kind of stemming out of that core passion to awaken hearts to Christ. Yeah, that's amazing, man. It's so it's such good news, right? And it's it must be so fulfilling to just be traveling around and 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 sharing that with people. Are you seeing any trends, or do you have maybe any highlights um, from moments that you, that you've had? Do you get do you get to talk to these kids and or these these adults after uh, you speak, or is it just are you in and out? What's the deal? No, I mean, so it uh part of what's been really really fun to me is so one I guess it's like you know, within the talks themselves, I love that. Like at, yeah, at the, the conferences, youth events and stuff, I, I try to be so present to all the people there I mean, to talk with them, to pray with them. You know, in a way, it's cool how much I learn from them. Not necessarily like biblical truths and stuff a lot of time, but just to really be learning what's happening in the hearts of, and their own hearts uniquely, but then kind of, yeah, seeing the trends and better and better discovering how I can continue to reach more people or better impact people and what it is that I'm saying. But yeah, I think, Kind of the big trends that I've seen is, is within young people. I think the enemy's working isn't necessarily through a rational way. And this is like, I don't think a lot of young people, like middle schoolers or high schoolers, they're not necessarily thinking through, you know, like the logistics or like the statistics when it comes to things like living chased relationships. But I think a lot of what's happening is they're being kind of like, I, I want to say maybe enslaved by the desires within their heart as like they're looking for life. And then if there's rationality, it's more just rationality to justify the direction that their hearts are going, even though there's just a lot of brokenness there. Um, and so it has been cool. Like at when even a lot of what I try to do at a lot of the retreats and conferences, you know, it's like whenever I can have that real opportunity to go a step beyond, there is fun. Like even in the spring, I got to speak for a high school retreat in Philadelphia. And a few of the guys there, they, uh, it was funny. These guys, they sat as far away from where the speaker was going to be. There was me and a, another speaker named Dr. Joshua Miller. We were leading that retreat. But uh, it's funny. at first, they, they sat as far away as they could. And super cool guys, but I don't know if they were like all excited about being there. Well, throughout the day, I, I got to spend so much time with them. I ate lunch with them, whatever. And it is, I, I feel like it was really cool becoming friends with these guys. Well, a lot of them were on the varsity basketball team, and they were starting to get ready for it was like state basketball was going to be starting the next day for them. And they seemed excited about the idea of me going to their game, but their game was a few hours away. And it worked out perfect that I was able to go to their game the next day. And it was it's super cool with them that one, I think, because it was like everything I said and stuff, it's like for them to, you know, hopefully it's like to really discover, like discover and encounter Jesus and know God's love for them. But in a way, it's like oh, for them to know how much God loves them, maybe through me in a small way. It's like kind of taking those extra steps. They almost all like the schools, conference and stuff. I always try to be really attentive to, to sitting there talking with people. Um, it really just some amazing opportunities to pray that have come about. Cause really it's like, I, yeah, I think through a lot of those conversations, interactions, it's like, I don't, if there's a need for practical insight or practical steps, um, I love to offer that. But a lot of times it's just like, 
I, I love to be in, it's an honor, I guess, when God gives me the opportunity to be in such a direct role where I can help them bring whatever's happening inside and whatever's happening in life, but to really surrender it to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of practical steps too, because it's one thing to have this mountaintop experience and and then ride that for a month and then go back to everything that you were doing, right? Like that, you, we see that trend so often. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in a lot of my friends. But we're called to live with Christ every single day. To live a Christ-centered life is not to live an event-centered life where you're just looking for the next thing to go to so you can maintain that spiritual high. It's like, no, it it needs to be lived out daily. You know, and and so... Hmm. No, I love what you're saying there. Because like, one thing I've been really intentional about as well, and this is what's been fun when... Because I'm getting to work with a lot of like youth directors and diocese leaders and parish leaders. And you know, they're having me be a part of some of those conversations as they're planning. Well, I like what I do not want is for a young person to go to a conference, go to a retreat or like, you know, maybe have them speak at their school and for them to have this, you know, maybe encounter Jesus or just this desire for more. But it's like, there can be such a desire to, I want to be living the Christian life. But what I don't want is for them to get to the following Friday night. And like, well, what do I do now? Because now I have all my friends are just going to go to some not good party and is it either just be by myself or do that? And, uh, you know, my hope is, is that, you know, I, I will hope that each person can have that recognition, the recognition that it's like, okay, if, if you know, the not good party is not something I should be at. So I don't want to, so if, you know, maybe if there would be times in their life where there is maybe suffering, they, um, you know, that God's with them there and they can go to God and pray and stuff. But I think it's what helps so much in people's journeys and growing closer to God is to have that community around them. And so I love within those, the conferences, retreats, but to be really cultivating that environment, they can have authentic friendships. They can be really brought into their parish community where hopefully they can see, you know, like you know, you've minister, you've ministry leaders there, um, where they can have these, you know, one like role model, like mentor people in life and continue to walk with them. Also to have these, these real friendships. Part of what I think can be really valuable too within the retreats and conference environments is when there's opportunities for small groups. A lot of times I even call them teams, but it's, I think for a lot of young people, they're not used to conversation that has a lot of depth to it. You know, I think that it's, it can be easy to talk about like, you know, the sports games and a lot of that's going on and that's all good. But when it really gets into that realm of the heart, I think a lot of them are, are very unfamiliar and they don't really know how to navigate it. So what's cool within the conference is as people are experiencing so much as Jesus may be giving them these consolations, these, these you know, these joys, these things that, it's really cool for them to be able to to be invited to and be given the space to, to be talking about that, expressing that even within those times, making you know decisions within themselves, but even talking about the decisions they're going to be making moving forward of how they can continue to be growing close to God, how they can continue to be spending time with these people that want the best for them. Yeah, that's been a big part. I think that's been what's really exciting as well. Just, you know, in some of the guys even being to work with, especially getting to be part of that complementariness of, like I, I, I want to be able, I love to be able to, you know, be very directly speaking and you know, telling stories and stuff. And it's offering talks that hopefully, you know, awaken those longings God wants to fulfill. But I, more than the talk itself, I want to be helping to create that environment, create that culture mm. that, that really does allow for them to, as for their, their faith life to, to flourish. Yeah. 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 That's so, it's so great. Like, these big events in my life at least have been so influential 
but I don't know if they would have had a lasting impact had I not been able to come back into a community where I could continue to wrestle with these things even when I wasn't feeling like sleep deprived and emotional like I, like I am on a youth retreat right but like um, <laughs> yeah like how how has community played a role in, in your life personally were there times in your life where you lacked it uh, times when when you had it and and how how did that how did that play out that's a great question I was there's on a call earlier today and I don't think I thought about this at least in a while but really before my conversion I don't know if I I ever had a real friendship and I, I'm defining friendship in, in a way here where there was this kind of selfless giving to the other, just genuinely wanting the best for the other. And a lot of that had to do growing up with that when I was really so broken myself that I don't know if I really had an ability or much of an, I, I hadn't received like any selfless love from God. So I really didn't have anything to give other people. And a lot of the people I surrounded myself with were not people that, and this isn't, this isn't necessarily everybody, but a lot of the people I would surround myself with were not really striving to. I think I guess all of us were kind of in broken situations. After my con- my conversion kind of was an interesting place for a few months because when I had this real encounter with Jesus, I basically had to let go of almost everything. And I don't think that's necessarily the situation for every person that has a conversion has to happen for this. But it seemed like for me at the time, I really had to let go of a lot of the people and friendships that I had in my life just so I could really intentionally be growing closer to God. So there was a few months there where like Friday nights, I would, this is what I would have to, I would do a lot of Friday night. I would go into, I would go to the church by my house and I would try to get into the church before the doors would lock. There was this automatic lock. So I think it was like 730. I'd try to get in there. I would go into the main church. I would put a chair right in front of the tabernacle and I would sit with God for, I mean, sometimes it was like one to three hours. And what was crazy at that time is no one had ever, like I'd went to Catholic school for some years. So I knew like kind of like, like our father type prayers and stuff. Or I don't know if I just ever experienced, ever processed really what it was like to be just with God um, or praying to God or like really prayer of the heart. Uh, as I, I've heard one priest describe it. Mm-hmm. So, but it was crazy because in that time, it wasn't like I was, it wasn't like I was even trying to pray as much as I was just being with my, like my perfect father in heaven was what it felt like. And um, for really a few months, like I, after my conversion, there was a few different things I was invited to that I'd go to, but when I'd go there, I just was like, this just isn't it. This is where I want to be. And so it was a kind of cool time I had because even when I basically, when it felt like I had almost nothing else, when I'd really had God or when I guess I'd really opened up to God and was pursuing it, I felt like I had more than that I ever had before. Um, but then it, it's been amazing to see the way that communities played such a big part of my journey since then. It was that Newman Center at Wichita State University where I'd say I, I really started to have my first friendships. And so cool because in my life, you know, I, the most I could think for of like on a Friday night had, you know, at one time been some not good party where there would be not good stuff happening. Well, it was cool going to these events at a Newman center where there was such meaning and substance to what was going on. You know, there'd, there'd be fun, like dancing with stuff, but the, the dancing was appropriate. There was meaningful conversations. Um, you know, a lot of that. And it, like, I remember you know, there's a, a few friends I had at the time, I think they really started to develop. But the role it played for me so much was one being received in my brokenness. It, it was it's so foreign to me because for a long time I had it. My brokenness was something I wanted no one to see because usually when people would ever see something like like a vulnerability, it would 
it would just kind of end up in more brokenness. Like I didn't even want to be aware of my own brokenness, let alone letting other people see it. So if there'd be like these insecurities, I mean, the biggest thing was I needed to hide it, suppress it, whatever. Well, then it was like, there was still a lot of wounds I had after my conversion. And especially in this, you know, it was one of the places being, I felt like I constantly had to impress people. Like, I mean, for years, I felt I was always trying to become what I thought other people would value. Like I would dress a certain, and I had a lot of different friend groups. So it was easy to see, like I would, you know, depending if I was, you know, with like my basketball friends or if I was with like, you know, people from my school, whatever, I, w- I would literally even dress different kind of for that, you know, I just dressed different for whatever that occasion or place would be that I was going. But so then, you know, for a long time, I was still in this place where I was like trying to impress people I was whatever. And my friends just like received me so much. And to see it like it modeled for me what authentic friendship was and like authentic vulnerability. I just like what it is that has hurt me or hurts me doesn't make me less than or doesn't necessarily even make me weak in a way. But it was to see how God could work so much through the brokenness that people had. And so having these friendships with people, you like one friend, his name's Colby Pelican. He, uh, I mean, he's he so intentionally. I mean, he, he just spent like hours and hours and hours with me. And even as I would talk about random stuff or whatever, he, he just, he really cared for me. So yeah, I think what's been cool since then, and now it's been, you know, God has brought just, I mean, like people like you, Christian, there's been really an, an abundance of people in my life now where I mean, people that really want the best for me. It's like that are continuing to model for me. Even a friend of mine named Sam Krebs. I, I think about Sam a lot because Sam, he, he's never one time. I don't think he can even think of a single time he's ever called me out on something, anything. But him and just living out his call to holiness reveals to me a lot of what, where I'm needing to grow. Um, so I think that, yeah, there's been so much value for friendships. And I see that need within a lot of people. Cause I, I'd say what I, I think in focus, if, if people, I just know what focus is, but you think like if like focus measures a lot of them, but a lot of people on college campuses, a lot of what really helps them to have these conversions to Christ is to have people around them to have a community that will support them as they continue to fall or as they continue to be pulled so many directions. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I see there's such a need for people to be, I mean, to really be cared about, received, loved, validated, affirmed, inspired. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I've been talking to some of my friends about this too. And coming out of COVID, it seems like there's this need amongst the young people and people in general for community for this reason. And I had a friend suggest to me this morning, actually, that we we want to see people come into relationship with Jesus, right? But in our culture, sometimes our definition of relationship itself is broken. And we project that onto Jesus. And it's like, why would I want to have a relationship with Jesus? Like, my relationships are not healthy. And so having experienced what it's like to be in Christ-centered relationships with your friends, it's attractive because it's what we were created for, right? And so... It's so interesting. I'm just thinking about how um, the events and the talks that you put on are able to bring people to a place where they're able to understand what authentic love looks like and what relationship is meant to be. And then from there, how can, how can they go from there and then continue to practice living that out? I don't know if you, if you want to speak a little bit to, to how those, those events like foster that. It's so it's so interesting to me. I don't get to put them on as much as I'd like to, which means pretty much zero. But I'm yeah, I'm someone who's who's looking into um, beginning to speak a little bit more and 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 speak into this stuff. So yeah, like um, when you're working with 
parish leaders in how to put these conferences on? Um, how are you positioning it in terms of like what they've already got going on and how this feeds into it? Like, is, can you speak to that at all? And actually, first, if it works for you, I, I want to speak insightfully to that first part of what you said about relationships, yeah. because I think for a lot of young people, there's like the relationship with Jesus. But the hard thing is, yeah, I don't think a lot of them even know that there's something more possible for friendships and relationships. Yeah. The, like they've never really been received, but they've never really had it modeled for them what it's like to be cared about and stuff. So that whole idea is boring. And especially when it comes to like the father wounds, I think I, I see that as a very common theme. It, it's really sad is it's hard for someone to really grasp or understand the love of our heavenly father when they haven't necessarily had like a, a male role model or like a father figure type person that's been able to protect them and, and stand up for them and love them um, and guide them. So I think that's been a big part. If I understand your, your question, right, with the events and kind of it was the question like how to cultivate those kind of environments for friendships within like the retreats and that kind of thing. Or can you kind of repeat that slightly? Yeah. Or, or like, what is the the role, I guess, that you see that these events that you're putting on play? Like, why, like why oh. do you, yeah. Why, why these events, how are they helpful in terms of the rest of the faith life? Like, like yeah. So I think part of what's really cool within like youth rallies, youth events, youth conferences is even just for, for a day or half a day or a weekend, for a, a kid to be in a place and to be in an environment where everything's drawing them closer to God. Um, so where there's such intentionality with the conversations, the people have music that, that really uplifts the heart to be in a place where they just don't feel alone in their faith, where it's not just me or just me and like a small, you know, group of people, but for them to see that there really is other people out there that want the same thing. And I think what's cool too, is there's, it's almost like, like a, I mean, I guess it's kind of the way that the Holy spirit works, but for them to get to witness the way that God's working in so many other people's lives, I think there's a lot of value gained in that. I, in a lot of times what I, I tell own people is the Christian life isn't always like a youth conference where we leave the conference and life probably isn't going to look the same every day when we go back to school. They may not, you know, the conversations may not be as holy that, you know, we hear the stuff in the locker room. I mean, whatever the different stuff is, but to hold on to the constellation of youth conference, because what that is, that fulfillment, that's like a glimpse of foretaste of the life that we're made for in heaven. And so to recognize like that's, like it's not the end of the story with the brokenness we go back into, but to hold on. I mean, I, I mean, I might miss Courtney again, but I didn't say St. Ignatius of Loyola, like the discernment of spirits. Like there's this, this kind of necessity as we have these consolations and stuff to really claim them and hold on to them and, and kind of go back on, back to them. But the way I, I kind of speak into it is, you know, even like the greatest, most fulfilling times we've had in our life, they're just foretaste of heaven. So to have that excitement. And so those different parts of what it's like to be in community, to be, have, and for there to be such joy in worshiping God, I mean, have that to really look forward to when we get to heaven. But so then like within the conference for them to have that experience for a lot of, and honestly, a lot of young people, it's maybe the first time they've had an encounter with Jesus or at least a deep encounter. And some of that has to do with it. Again, I think this is part of the world that the conference can play is you know, sometimes it takes a little while for someone. And actually we probably all experience this. I mean, a lot of time where our hearts aren't just always open and maybe for kind of, I mean, it's not that our hearts show, like I wouldn't want my heart to be open if I'm, you know, and it's just in certain places, it's not always good for our hearts to be open, especially if there's maybe bad influences around us and stuff. But I think for a lot of us where there isn't necessarily a lot of like malleability within our hearts and mind, sometimes it takes a little time, I think within like the weekend to really start to get to a place if it's like, okay, like I'm ready to really open up. I'm really, I'm wanting to really, you know, open up so that Jesus can can heal me as the divine physician from 
the wounds that the people have, different things. So I think what's cool within a lot of like the talks and presentations and stuff is to really be able to speak into those places where a lot of people are struggling and a lot of people are searching. I think it's a really amazing opportunity to like awaken those longings that God wants to fulfill in those people. And so in, yeah, the different topics that can be there, I mean, one, like, you know, like awakening the heart is one I offer a lot, but then for people to be into kind of, as they have this openness of heart and this wanting to receive from God, to be given guidance on how to live out um, chastity, how to continue without the faith, to have practical steps and stuff where it's like how to live out mission, evangelization, moving forward. There's, I mean, really all throughout, I think there's, there's a lot of really, really big blessings that there can be for a young person. You know, as a testament to it, like I, that was fun. I was in Steubenville, Ohio for like the past like four or five days. And, you know, just again and again, I mean, I, it's not that the fullness of a person's spiritual life should be going to conferences or anything, but to hear so many people talk about the impact that a conference made and then taking these steps moving forward and then continuing to live, out, live the life that God wants them, is calling them to. Mm. Yeah. Did I answer that right? Was that yeah. answering what you were asking? No, I, I agree. I was just having a conversation along these lines this morning. And so I did want to get your take on it and just, yeah, it's so, it's so important to be inspired. God wants to speak to our hearts and you're right. We're not always in a place where we're able to be open to it or we're in like, but when you're, you're at a conference or an event where it's like, this is the focus and this is what we're trying to do. We can be more intentional about putting our hearts in a place um, where we are allowing God to speak. Yeah, he wants to do that, right? He wants to awaken our, our hearts. He wants to he wants us to live a life of fulfillment, not a life of restriction, which is what I thought for the longest time was was that my Catholic faith was restrictive. But but truly the more I surrender to Christ, uh, the more fully I come alive, the more full the rest of my relationships are, right? Because all these things that, that we're going to for fulfillment are good things but they're never meant to fill that hole in our hearts that's meant for God, right? And so when, when we have Jesus at the center of our lives, all these other things fall in line and we're able to enjoy them for what they are. And it's, it's yeah, it's so beautiful. So those, those conferences are so helpful in inspiring us to live the everyday faith uh, in community, right? So with that in mind, when you're going out and speaking and you're, and you're hoping that Jesus is gonna touch lives and you're seeing that he is, what's your vision for the church five or 10 years down the road? Like what, what, uh, what gets you excited about the future? You know, one thing that's been really cool these past years is to not to have a lot of these experiences of getting to witness really what's possible every time someone opens up their heart to God. And it's, you know, cool in these different places, whether this has been, you know, like a Eucharist or Revival Congress in California, or, you know, I got to chaperone like a student world conference or like these like diocese conferences that I speak at. But it's like time and time again, there's like almost like the, the vision of like the image becomes more clear uh, of what it is that I hope to see that our culture as a whole looking like. And it's like one thing I love about Steubenville, Ohio and at Franciscan is that most, if not all of like, the students at Franciscan, they've, like, they all want the same thing. Like there was something very specific that, that brought them there. Um, and it was cool. Like the, I remember thinking this very literally on Saturday. Because a lot of, you know, when I worked at like Wichita State or different college campuses, usually the big event that'll happen on campus will be like a sporting event or will be a big dance, something like that. But the biggest event that happens on Franciscan's campus every month is an adoration event. And it's crazy there. The chaplain, it was literally so, so packed that there wasn't even enough people in the, like enough space in the chapel. And there wasn't even enough space in the lobby. So literally all the way outside. And there's like people, I mean, like shoulder to shoulder in there. 
But like what I would love to see more people having the opportunity for experiencing it's like to be in a place where you know, people are so excited and so joyful and there's such meaning, but it's like all of being so centered around Christ. And because the cool thing at Franciscan is it's like, even if and I would say this is the case for probably most of the people there, even if they were the only one going to the, that mass on campus, they would still do it. It's not because there's a few hundred, a few hundred other people or a thousand other people that are at that ration around at the mass there. So like what I would love to see is, I guess within the hearts of all people having that same disposition of it's like, I'm fully focused on God and what God wants for me. Then to be hopefully seeing within like real parish revival, you know, it's, I think there's, I would love for like the friendships and stuff that the people have to be rooted in, you know, that their diocese and especially within their parish where there's this like receiving from God, this receiving from, um, the real receiving within this like desire to be giving to other people. And so it's cool to see like in some like youth groups or some parishes where there'll be young people that are receiving so much, but then they want to also help with like the younger kids that are there. They want to help teach something else that's there. Yeah. I would love to see, you know, I'm excited to see it. And it's been cool to see this, even the way that the guy can work in so many ways. Part of it is kind of supernatural to witness is even as like seeing young people having these conversions, but the way it, it really even opens up the minds and hearts of like their family members and where Hey, I have a few close friends in Steubenville. This has happened for where their family was not really a part of the church much. And some of them, I maybe not even like attending mass at times, but in like them having this real conversion to Christ, like people could, like their own family members could really see the way that, like this joy that they had and they were drawn to it. So yeah, I would love to see it's like within the church too, like stronger and stronger families. And it's been fun now getting to be more like adult conference and stuff. To, so hopefully and inspire and empower in the ways that I'm able to um, parents to continue living out that call. Yeah, I love like the families. I love to see like dioceses where and it, it's cool seeing this as well. I'm very grateful for this is to see when, when people in, in minister leader positions are able to have a really excitement with what they're doing because they're seeing that they want to understand the call that they have and stuff, but they're also seeing what's really possible. I think it can be easy for all of us to be, discouraged when we look in the world today because there is a lot happening and a lot of sad things happening but you know it's hopefully it's like for all of us to have this excitement because even the most broken situations or the broken places where maybe the culture is really not as good so like god can still do such amazing things there i mean one thing through individuals but then really working through these like each of these individuals there starts to be this this culture and movement towards god mm. yeah so beautiful, man. I, I get excited hearing you talk about it. I love your energy. Yeah, I love your passion. Um, so I, I wonder, um, I want to I want to make it easy for people to reach out to you if if they are listening to this and they're like, man, I'd love to kickstart that kind of a culture at my parish or I feel, yeah, like 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 the the youth or even the, the rest of the parishioners. It's like an awakening of the heart is, is something that uh, I feel God wants to bring to our parish. Um, if they want to contact you where can they do that and then and then yeah like like what what do you offer i know you offer your speaking events as well but in terms of like planning to make sure that this is in line with the mission of each individual church too like if you want to speak to that so where can they find you first of all yeah so my website is createtheculture.com so www.createtheculture.com my direct email if someone wants to reach out to me that way it's braden so b-r-a-d-e-n at createtheculture.com and yeah even if you have questions stuff i mean don't feel like you can only reach out to me just if you're wanting me to speak at something. And I, and she's like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, wow, 
I gave some really good talks. I want to feel like what I helped do is really change a culture. And so if, if the best thing I can do for a place is an offer and a talk, then I just only want to do what's truly beneficial and helping. You know, I think, so what it is that I've been offering, I, it's funny, I kind of, I call myself an amoeba. Um, I, this is based off a, a defensive, a defense that I had in high school where the, basically the coach said, we adapt to whatever's there. Because a lot of what I understand is every parish, every diocese, every area has a very unique situation. It's very unique individuals, uh, very unique systems of how things have been working. So I, I try not to be a kind of molded thing of where this is what I do and this is how it has to work. So whether that's, I mean, one in the talks themselves, I try to make sure everyone's very intentional, uniquely discerned to fit that group, but also what I'm, I'm able to offer. So I'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit of like what I've been getting to offer. So one at schools, like I think two big talks I've been able to offer at schools has been one fulfillment in Christ. And that talk, one helps to really, I think where I was talking about earlier, like create that connection between the, the fulfillment I'm desiring and the fulfillment I'm longing for and the life that God's offering, the God life that God's calling me to. And then two, it's like, like romantic relationships, chastity, that kind of thing. And at least had to kind of add into it. Part of what the value is, because I think people are like, okay, what's the value of like a talk at a school? Well, my hope is, is that, yeah, I don't want it to just be something where a kid thinks, oh, well, that was nice what he said. But I, I really, in a very intentional way, um, and actually it was interesting because really since my, con- especially right after my conversion in the past few years, a lot of the situations that God's been putting me in is to really reach people that haven't really been wanting to hear a Christian speaker or aren't very open to the faith. And some of that's just because I, I relate to their story a lot. But a lot of where I think some speakers are really, really gifted at, like like Jason Everett, I think he's amazing. But like what I've been trying to do and, and attentive to is understanding what's what stories can I tell? How is that I can say things that best opens up their heart to hearing that? So schools are an amazing place, especially for like parishes, like dioceses, where they're wanting to have more active youth ministry. A big part of it is like because really within the schools, even if a lot of kids may be struggling their faith, may not even be Catholic, they're still at least a kind of audience of people or a group of people that have, I guess they're in some environment that is Catholic. And so cool to be able to really meet them where they're at there and then be able to hopefully inspire them and yeah, awaken the heart to Christ. So that there's this desire to be like, okay, I, I, I want to start going to adoration. Or I want to be plugged into the youth group. I want to do that because I don't, yeah, I don't want to leave a talk and for a kid to be like, okay, well, I want to follow God, but what does that mean? What do I do? So even again, where my intentional part is, is like within the schools to be, you know, understanding and working with the people that are in charge of like youth ministry there to see, well, what are the best next steps that you would like me to invite them to? So th- there's that part to it within the parishes. I think like parish missions have been a really fun thing for me to start offering. They've been fun. I think like there was one parish mission I, I got to leave. The average age at it may have been even like 60. I understand that. And what, what it's even part of what's exciting to me is I can learn so much from a lot of those people. And it says a lot about someone that's willing to spend an evening of theirs to go listen to a speaker, but hopefully in a unique way that I'm able to, to inspire those simple truths of the faith, to be really telling those stories that they can hold on to be claiming those truths of the faith, be claiming who God is, what God wants for us. The parent talks have also been a thing recently, but it's been fun where, you know, it's, it, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be reaching young people, but a lot of what can be so helpful and really at least in a natural way, what's very needed for them to be able to continue growing in their faith is for their home lives to, for that to to be cultivated there. And there's a lot of parents that like, they want to help their kids, but it can be confusing seeing what's happening in the world. Now there's all these, I mean, yeah, just the issues that we have today are probably not the same issues that were in the world 20, 30 years ago. 
So kind of creating that bridge of understanding to understand, well, how is it, like what's really happening in the culture? You know, how can I address these specific topics when talking to my young person? There's those parts like the parent talks, the the conferences have been a super, super fun thing as well. So yeah, I, I a lot of the talks I offer for conferences are just, there's usually like a kind of theme that they ask me to speak on. If that would be like Eucharist or confirmation or like authentic, authentic masculinity, there can be a uniqueness to those, but you're still probably with that underlying theme of awakening the ones that God wants to fill in people. It's definitely been a big part. And I, I'd say some of what's also been unique in my scheduling and in my approach is it makes me sad how many parishes, how many schools, how many dioceses can't afford a speaker. So a lot of what I've been trying to do is this kind of block scheduling as well. So sometimes I might go to a place and I just have, you know, a talk for like the conference or something. And that's amazing in its own way. But in some dioceses, what's been fun is to be, to really be reaching a lot of the places that wouldn't usually be able to afford a speaker. So in doing like a block scheduling, like there's actually fun. I, this starts in like two weeks. I, uh, it's when I'll be in the diocese of Shreveport, Louisiana, and I have 16 talks in 10 days, wow. I think. And yeah, so that, and that'll be through all of like the middle schools, high schools, like some big youth events, two parent talks. But a lot of what's kind of unique is, yeah, I can offer like, and I, I'm excited to do as many talks as we're able to within a time period, but that hopefully makes that as affordable to each of the groups while hopefully reaching as many people as possible um, throughout that process. So yeah, there's that part to it. Also, I know there's a lot of stuff I love to do, but yeah, you know, also for, for, and this has been a, a, another exciting part of what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for like a, you know, if, if this would be like a diocese leader watching this or a priest, you know, if, if in your diocese or in your parish, you'd be wanting to, to put on a confirmation retreat or a youth rally, that kind of thing. I have one, a lot of experience in speaking and like instinct of that kind of stuff, but I've even had a few opportunities to be in direct leadership positions of those things that happen so like i would know how to be i guess really like especially where budget can often be an issue i can i know a lot of the ways to be able to maybe bring like production costs down i know a lot of like speakers and worship bands that are at various like price points so i know a lot of the people that'd be able to fill those roles i'm also in the planning part of it i'd say that's a lot of the value i add you know like within a lot of the conferences retreats i wouldn't want there to just be like a game for the sake of the game or a talk for the sake of a talk but for there to be this real complementariness of everything that's happening. So, you know, to have everything that plays some intentional role in that. So I can you know, be a big part of the planning when it would come to figuring, okay, how do we, how do we schedule this? How do we make it so that the talks are as impactful as possible? But ultimately it's like for the pinnacle and peak of the retreat to be mass and adoration. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And so, yeah, for anyone listening that, that feels like uh, any of that struck a chord, in their heart for their parish, please reach out to Braden. We're going to, we're going to have his links in the description uh, for this podcast. And even if you just want to have a conversation with him, he's, he's, he's kind of fun to talk to, you know? So uh, and I know that you're open to it yourself, you know? So um, yeah, please reach out. He, uh, like again, he's, he's willing and able and, and passionate. And, and, and so I, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, man. And, and, and kind of trying to figure out, what's going on in, in our culture today and uh, maybe maybe some ways that, that we can start to to help bring Jesus to those people and, and really foster communities of authentic relationships. So it's been a pleasure. Do you want to close us in prayer by any chance? Uh, with I would love to. Thank you again, Christian. I'm so grateful for what you and your family are doing to, to build up the kingdom. 
to your thinking. And thank you for anyone that's, I, I hope this has been a fruitful time for anyone watching this to really impactfully understand the hearts of young people. And yeah, I'd be glad to help however I can in your efforts to build up your parish, your community, your diocese. So yeah, I'll close this in a prayer. Yeah. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, our perfect dad in heaven, so incredible the calls, the call that you put in each of our lives. And one starting with this, this call to holiness, this call to be in relationship with you, our perfect dad in heaven. But then this, this call to mission, she plays in us. It's called to, to be giving what it is that we've received from you. Be telling others about the life, the fulfillment that can only be found in you. And so Jesus, thank you for this time that we've had on the podcast and for this conversation. Thank you for the ways that you've been working in each of our lives, drawing us closer to your sacred heart. Jesus, we ask that you would really bless all the people that be listening to this podcast. Bless their families, their parishes, their communities, their diocese. Please help each of us to surrender all of ourselves, all parts of our lives. Let's truly give our lives to you so that we can find the lives that we're made for. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I've you know, we've gotten to witness you work within us. We've gotten to witness you work through us. So please help us to be open to the Father's will. What it is that Jesus is calling us to? Just continue to lift our hearts to heaven. Help our hearts stay focused on Jesus, even while living in a culture that may not always be helping our spiritualize, helping our faith journey. All glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you again so much for joining us today. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. We will see you next week. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.